choir. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you, Lord. Ah. Every now and then, you got to stop acting cute and just throw those heads back. Say, Lord, I trust you. get into this message before something happens. Mm. Look at somebody and say, hold that for about 20 minutes. Amen. In the book of 1 Kings, the 17th chapter of the book of 1 Kings, verses 7 through 9, you will find the first message in this new series of messages to close out the year 2017. This final month of the year 2017, God has given us an assignment to preach, teach, to share simply on the words, God's favor, God's favor. I'd rather have favor than money. In fact, look at somebody and say, favor is better than friends, especially fake friends. Amen. God's favor. To the brothers, Five Beta Sigma, welcome to Bible Way. Thank you so much for honoring my wife and Dr. Beatrice Gamble on last night. Amen. To Pastor Daisy McGrew, Pastor Diane Hall from Greenville, welcome to Bible Way. We're so honored to have you. The text is found in 1 Kings chapter 17, beginning in verse 7, reading from the New Living Translation. Hear the reading of God's holy word. But after a while, the brook dried up. But there was no rain anywhere in the land. Then the Lord said to the prophet Elijah, Go and live in the village of Zarephath near the city of Sidon. <laughs> Listen to this. I have instructed a widow there to feed you. And those that love God's word said amen. I love this text. I try to preach from it at least once every year. Subject for this first message is lifted from that seventh verse. Again, remember the series is simply entitled God's Favor. Here's the subject for sermon number one. But after a while, <laughs> the brook dried up. 
Catch someone by the hand. Hold those hands. Squeeze those hands. Encourage somebody. Look at them and say, trusting God in a dry place. Trusting God in a dry place. You may be seated. Trusting God when you're in a dry place, when you feel all dried up, feel like your joy has been captured, uh, your peace is gone. The devil is a liar. Amen. Listen, I said this morning to the congregation at eight that it is widely believed by many who specialize in the science of human behavior that this time of the year, this holiday season, has proven to be a very stressful and difficult time for so many that are in our society. It is so ironic that during a time of the year in which people are looking to be happy, people are expected to be happy, that there are so many people that are sad, that are heartbroken. So many people feel as if their joy has dried up. In fact, I read an article that was published in 2016 it was, to be exact, December the 6th, 2016, Psychology Today. Dr. Arthur Haywood, who is a mental health specialist uh, on the West Coast, is quoted in the article as saying, and I quote, there are those who at this time of the year feel guilty if they cannot live up to the standard to be cheerful, to be happy, and to be joyful. People expect you to be cheerful, happy, and joyful. And those are, there are some who just feel like I can't live up to that standard. I don't feel cheerful. I don't feel joyful. I don't feel happy. And as a result, they find themselves in a low place. Somebody say a dry place, dry place. And many, many people barely leave their house, leave their couches this time of the year. They feel as if they have no reason to celebrate. Now, this is also the prime time of the year. Those of us who are spiritual, in which our adversary, the devil, the enemy, seems to attack us through what I have called emotional negativity. <clears throat> so many negative things the enemy brings our way. He seemed to remind us of people who don't like us, out to get us, seem to remind us of how broke we are, sick we are, how difficult life is. Somebody say emotional negativity. He plays on our emotions. The enemy comes in like a flood. And, and, and he weighs us down with that emotional battle that says it's hard for you to get out of this situation. And yes, my brothers and sisters, unfortunately, too many of us find ourselves in such a place, a dry place, a place where it seems as if everything around us that's good has dried up. People that used to make us happy don't call it people who said they will love you forever, they have forgotten about you. Your money is funny, change is strange. And it seems this is the time of the year that all the quarterly 
bills are due, insurance payment, taxes on cars, property taxes. Can I just preach to some real folk? For those of you that don't ever have to worry about that, you just take a nap. But to those of us who have to worry, this is the time of the year. Sometimes I hate to go to the mailbox. It all piles up. Every insurance policy I have seems to be due in December. <laughs> Car taxes mail due in December. I get a bill for my house taxes chip in December. I said, the devil is a liar. <laughs> it makes you not even want to put up a Christmas tree sometimes. <laughs> Can we just keep it real? If we base it on solely what is going on around us. Because there are times in our life in which we are challenged whether or not we're going to trust God in a place like this. <laughs> you're going through what you're going through and your only answer is trust God. The enemy says, you've got to come better than that. I need to see something. I need to feel something. But here you are, a, a, a patriarch of faith. Here you are, someone who decided to walk by faith and not sight. You're saying to God, even when I can't trace you, even when I don't understand your instructions, Lord, I am still going to trust you. Can I preach to some folk who've been through that? Uh, truth of the matter is, the times in which we put on our best face for folk that are around us. When we get to our private closets, tears stream down our face, and we say, Lord, how are we going to work this situation out? What is going to be the end result of what I'm going through? And I'm hearing God said, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. I'm hearing God say, wait, I say on the Lord. Be of good courage. Wait on the Lord. Look at somebody and say, don't you dare give up. Hold your head up. Tell them, trust God. Even when you're going through your driest period of your life. The good news is that if we learn how to trust God during these most difficult times, God will bless us in ways we never would have imagined. God will throw open the floodgates of heaven if you learn how to say, Lord, I don't have the proof. I don't have the evidence. But I have a word. And sometimes, Pastor Daisy McGrew, all we've got to stand on is a promise. I need to preach to somebody who all you had to base your joy on was a promise. No evidence, no proof. No money in the bank. Nobody calling to encourage you. But somehow there was a word from the Lord that said weeping may endure for a night. But joy comes in the morning. Don't fool me now. But is there anybody in here ever had to praise God on nothing but a promise? Waiting on the final resolution, <laughs> Sister Cynthia Brown, but having the faith to know that this may be the day that I go to the mailbox and my miracle is waiting on me with my name on it. But Lord, until it shows up, I'm going to trust you. <laughs> Anybody ever had to trust God in the meantime? Look at somebody and say, trust him until it shows up. It may not come when you want it. 
Ah, but he's always on time. The old quartet say he's an on-time God. Yes, he is. Oh, any, any witnesses, just wave your hand to get on the devil's nerve. Have you ever had to trust God in a dry place? Whew. Trust God when it seems like it's hard to even hold your head up. <laughs> Good news is that God is not through with you yet. God's got a blessing with your name on it that is on the way. Eye has not seen, ear has not heard. I, anybody know that even in your dry place, God will make a way somehow. You need to encourage folks around you. That's why it's important to gather together. And the Bible says, forsake not assembling yourself together particularly as the day draws nigh, because you can encourage somebody else. It's, it's one thing to read it in the Bible and, and hear a radio testimony or a television testimony, but look at somebody and say, you are sitting next to a testimony. You, you don't know it, but you are sitting next to a, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me preach to this side of the church. Any testimonies in here? All I need is just anybody in here that ever had your situation dry up and God made a way out of nowhere. You, you didn't know how you were going to make it from one month to the next month, but somehow God made it. Paid your bills, sent your children to college, paid your mortgage, but God, don't tell me what God can do. The devil is a liar. God specializes in things that seem to be impossible. Look at the text. Look at the text. <laughs> Look at the text. This powerful Old Testament text, 1 Kings chapter 17. It's perhaps one of the best examples in all of the Bible in trusting God in a dry place. In this text, we have a story of how the prophet Elijah, one of the earliest, most anointed prophets in all of the Bible, prophesied to both the southern and the northern kingdom of Israel. How during Elijah's time he served on the what was perhaps the most wicked regime in all of Israel. King Ahab and his evil wicked wife by the name of Jezebel. They had forgotten the God of their ancestors. Bible tells us in historical context that they invited the prophets of Baal not only into the palace but into the temple. Priests stopped ministering. Uh, the Levites lost their way. Baal, Baal, uh, the enemy's God had invaded the place of God. What is so ironic about this text is that Baal was considered the god of rainfall, the god of the harvest. Somehow, wicked, evil King Ahab decided that I would trust Baal for my harvest and not God. Stay tuned. We'll deal with that in 2018. Uh, uh, King Ahab decided that if I'm going to reap a harvest, I've got to trust an idol God, a false God. So God raised up a prophet with an anointed word, sent Elijah to the house of Ahab and its wicked queen Jezebel. and said, God said, until there is repentance, he will dry up the heavens. God will shut down the clouds. And there will be no rain. And there will be a famine in your land unlike anything you have ever seen before King Ahab. 
If you want to trust the false god of the rainfall, if you choose to trust the false god of the harvest, then I will let you know what will happen when the real god of the harvest shuts his arms off and refuses to bless you. The Bible says, may I preach this in its context. The Bible says the entire land dried up. There was a famine unlike anything Israel had ever seen before. Got so bad that people began to eat things. One incident when people were in a family ate its own dead child. Got so bad that there were deaths uh, so numerous that they could not bury them on time. Dead bodies were in the street. Families uh, were wondering if we're ever going to survive this. But God said to the prophet Elijah, I've got a place for you to go. <laughs> in this famine, in this drought, I need you to go there. I told the church this morning, one of my favorite sermons is by John Osteen, the late pastor, Pastor Joel Osteen. John Osteen preached the sermon and wrote a book called The Place Called There. And he said in his book that every time there's a crisis in your life, God will send you to a place that he will provide for you. So he says to the prophet Elijah, Get up and go to the brook of Sherith uh, in the southern part of the nation. Listen to the words of God. He says, when you get there, somebody shout there. When you get there, I have done something supernatural. I have instructed the ravens the scavenger birds, the predators, the unclean birds, the fighting birds, the ravens, the, the, the one of the few birds during that time that nobody would even eat because his flesh was so rough. Ravens who had no natural predators. Ravens who took and not give. Ravens who snatch and not deliver. But God says, when I move in a supernatural way, I can change the nature of a creature. Can I preach? And so if God can change the nature of a raven, what make you think he can't change the nature of a human being that you are praying for? God says, I have changed the nature of the raven who had never given anybody anything. But I have instructed the ravens that by the brook to bring you a meal in the morning and in the evening. And when you get thirsty, Elijah, drink from the brook. Reason why the ravens came to the brook was because there was water there. Nobody else knew where it was. It was in an obscure, isolated place in the southern part of the kingdom. And God sent Elijah. Oh, I feel like preaching this. God sent Elijah to a place that nobody else showed up because they didn't know what was there. Can I preach? Should I preach? May I preach? God told me to tell you that he'll do something for you that he hasn't done for anybody else. In fact, nobody else has seen what God can do for you. God's got an individual blessing with your name on it that no demon from hell can steal what God has you. Somebody say, by the brook. Elder Robert Wilson, there are times in our life in which we didn't know what to do. But God said, go to a place and when you get there, something supernatural is about to happen. 
I will change the nature of a scavenger and make a scavenger a provider. Don't you tell me what God can do. There's some demons on your job that when God gets finished transforming them, they are going to bless you who used to curse you, who used to hate you. God's going to use them to bless you. Perhaps your next promotion will come as a result of somebody who didn't even like you. But God intervened on your behalf and made a way out of no way. Can I get a witness? Go to the brook. Go to the place called Sherith. And there, mm, the ravens will take care of you. But listen, my brothers and sisters. Listen, my brothers and sisters. What happens in verse number seven? Because no matter how good it is, things eventually change. Can I get a witness? The text says in verse number seven, the New Living Translation say, but after a while, you've had it good for a long time. It doesn't mean that things won't change. Can I get a witness? Look at somebody say, get right here. For the after a while, one translation says, eventually, the brook dried up. The place where God sent you, place where God made a way yesterday, the place where God blessed you has dried up. The place where you thought that God would keep you forever and provide for you the rest of your life has dried up. Can I preach to somebody? After a while, most good things come to an end. After a while, people who love you sometimes don't love you like they used to. After a while, your health begins to deteriorate. After a while, your money gets funny and your change gets strange. After a while, you are not the most popular person in the universe. Things will change. Can I preach? Question is, what do you do when the brook dries up? What do you do when that which you were counting on is no longer there? What will you do when things that made you happy are no longer there to make you happy? I've got an answer for you. The answer is trust God just like you trust him before. Can I get a witness? Lord, I hate to bother you, but just touch somebody quickly and say, you better trust God just like you trust him before. Because if God did it then, what make you think God cannot do it again? I need to preach to somebody who still trusts in God and know that God is still a way maker. He is still a heart fixer. He is still a provider. Look at somebody and say, I still trust God. What happens when one place dries up? The answer is, if you're trusting God, he already has another place in mind. When one relationship falls apart, God's already got the next relationship. And this one, God chose, not you. Because the one you chose didn't work out so good. What happens? Look at this text. And I want to slow this down so you can see this. The answer is, God says, Elijah, I need you to trust me with these instructions. 
because they are not going to make sense on its surface. How many of you ever been there? Listen to what the Lord did. The brook of Cherith was in the southern part. It was in a part that was really, really bad. But now God instructs him to get up and go to a place that's worse. I just need a few people to shout, preach, pastor. Because the devil don't want me to preach this. What happens when God instructs you to leave a bad place to go to a worse place? The old folk in the country used to say, what's up? Don't y'all laugh. Y'all know y'all used to say that. But what happens when you go to a what's up place? It was bad enough where I was. And now, Lord, you're telling me to get up and leave a place where there was a brook, a stream of water, and go to a village called Zarephath. Look at what is so ironic about this. The village of Zarephath, first lady, was the home of Queen Jezebel. And that place was hit as hard as any place else. There were, there were multiple dead bodies all in the street. There were people who were dying left and right. But God. Somebody shout, but God. God said, I've got to do something that when I do it, you'll know it was nobody but me. <laughs> Woo, I'm preaching to somebody right? You, you're in between blessings and God said your next blessing that I will provide for you when you see it all you can do is shake your head and say that had to be nobody but God get up go to the village of Zarephath now listen to the instructions. And when you get, somebody shout, there. Yeah. <laughs> when you get there, I have instructed someone who's worse off than you to take care of you. You'll catch it after a while. Some of you caught it just now. <laughs> Only God can get somebody who is broker than you, sicker than you, and, and, and in worse shape than you to encourage you and make you feel good. Elijah did not, here is the key, did not question God's instructions. He had enough faith to believe it even when it was difficult to even imagine. God, I'm hearing you. You said leave this place, which is pretty bad, and go up north, travel many miles, and go to the hometown of the most evil woman in the history of the Old Testament by the name of Jezebel and show up in her village. And you're telling me that you're going to make a way for me God said, yes, you ever heard this? I'll prepare it a table before you. In the... Don't y'all make me preach this. I will prepare a table before you in the presence of your enemy. Sometimes God takes you to the enemy territory to bless you just to rub it into your enemy and say what you couldn't block God made a way out of nowhere I'm taking you to Jezebel's hometown to bless you so here it is here it is the prophet shows up to the village of Zarephath 
And there he meets someone who is only known by her description as the widow of Zarephath. He meets this woman who had lost her husband to the famine. And now she and her son are on the verge of starvation. In fact, the text tells us that her mindset was, we have one meal left. And we're going to eat that. And we're going to meet my husband and my son's father. We're going to die. Thank God for obedience. When you trust God, when you trust God, your latter shall be greater than your former. When you trust God, what God is going to do is greater than what he has already done. So the prophet Elijah shows up and he says to her, first of all, get me some water. Water was scarce, but she says, that's fine. I give you this. He says, then I need you to go make me some bread. And she says, I'll do it. But you should know that this is all I have. And my plans were to fix one meal for my son and I. And we were going to die. But nevertheless, if God says do it, can I preach to somebody who trusts God even when you don't understand his instructions? Brother Jeff, if God says do it, if God says pay my tithe and my light bill is due, I got to do it. If God says trust me when nobody else knows why I'm doing it, I must do it. The widower said, I'll do it, but I only have a little bit. It's not enough for three people, but I'll give you the little I have. Here's what the prophet says. Go fix the meal. Give it to me. And then you and your son go eat. Now let me stop right there because it takes some faith. Most of us would have said, man, didn't I tell you that I only had a little bit? How can you get three out of a half a meal for not even one decent person? But when you trust God, you don't question God. When you trust God, you stand flat-footed and say, God, I'm standing on nothing but a promise. It took faith for her to go back in her house with her feeble, starving body to look her dying son in the face and say, this is not for us, son, but this is for the man of God, because God said do it. She fixed that last meal, Mother Williams. She put it on the table. She gave it to the prophet, and the Bible said, Elijah said, now go put your hand in the barrel. Good God oh the devil said, I thought the barrel was empty. Uh, but God said, go stick your hand in the barrel. There is something in the barrel waiting on you. Grab you a praise partner and say, neighbor, there's something in the bottom of the barrel with your name on it. I need some praises. I need some praises. Anyone in here ever had to trust God? You didn't know how you were going to be How am I going to send my children to college? How am I going to make it? Throw your hands up and say, Lord, I trust you. Come on, Zion. Put those hands in the air and say, Lord, I trust you. Lord, I trust you. Lord, I, Lord, I trust you. Don't know how, but I trust you. Don't know when, but I trust you. You will make a way 
out of nowhere. Lord, I trust you. Come on, where are my worshipers? Just wave those hands. Leave your seat and just walk around and say, Lord, I, I trust you, Lord. Make a way, make a way, make a way. Anybody in here need God to make a way? Make a way, Lord. Make a way, Lord. Do it, Lord. Move, move, Lord. Right now, Lord. I need a miracle. I need a breakthrough. She put her hand in the barrel. Monday morning, breakfast. Monday evening, dinner. Tuesday morning, breakfast. Tuesday evening. Come on in, just put it in. Somebody just, come on in. Tell your neighbor every time God keeps making a way. Every time, every time, every time, leave your seat and meet me at this altar. Every time. Get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. There's a miracle in this place with your name on it. There's a breakthrough in this place with your name on it. Reach for the barrel. Look at somebody say, reach for the barrel. When you go to work tomorrow, Reach for the battle. When you go to bed tonight, oh, I feel the anointing. Get ready. Look at somebody and say, "There's a miracle in your barrel with your name on it." It's here for you. Saint Francis. There's a breakthrough in this room. And it's got my name on it. So I'm gonna put a price on it. Somebody put a price on it. Somebody put a price. There's a miracle. There's a miracle in this room. There's a miracle. With my name on it. With my name it. on it. There's a healing in this yeah, room. Yeah, 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 yeah. With my. Yeah, yeah, There's a breakthrough. There's a breakthrough. In this room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Lord, I trust you. Lord, I trust you. Lord, I trust you. Come on, reach for the barrel. Reach in the barrel. Reach in the barrel. I don't know. I can't see what's in it. I can't see what's in it. But I'm going to reach. There's a miracle. There's a miracle in this room. With your name on it. Woo! Yeah, 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 yeah. There's a healing in this room. And it's here for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a breakthrough, breakthrough. in this room. Yeah, yeah. Get ready. Get ready. Can somebody say, get ready? God's about to turn it around. Get ready. God's about to send a blessing in a dry place. Get ready. God is about to make a way in a dry place. Trust him. Trust him. Somebody say, excuse me, I'm about to put a praise on my next miracle. I'm about to put a dance on my next miracle. Here we go. One, two. say these are God's words through the song God wants you to know that he'll be with you if you only trust him he'll never leave you if you only trust him he will fight your battle <laughs> Woo! if you only Trust them. Listen to this before the choir sing. It took faith to put your hand in what everything inside of you said was an empty barrel. <laughs> Look at this. It took faith to put your hand in something that just a few moments ago was empty. And Chip, she couldn't see what's in the barrel. The Bible never said the barrel overflowed. See, sometimes we're too obsessed with overflow blessings. And God said, you've got to praise me just for provision. Amen. Listen, there was a time in my life, and even now sometimes, I praise God when, when I make one monthly mortgage payment, thank God for this month. 
The devil said, what are you going to do about next month? Well, God will take care of that. How many of you ever had to praise God for daily provisions? Listen, God says he'll be with you if you only trust him. All service long, you notice the theme for this service from the songs the choir sang. They all dealt with trusting God. That is the message for this first Sunday in the month of December in the year 2017. Look at somebody and say, trust him, even in a dry place. Come on, quiet, tell him this. God is speaking to you right now. He says, He said, I'll be with you. God says, I'll never leave you. One more time, I'll never leave you. If you, somebody wave those hands in there. Trust me, God said. Don't trust anyone but me. Trust me. Listen, I'll fight your battle. I'll fight your How many of you ever had God fight battles for you? I'll fight your battle. Trust me. Ah, uh, we hear you, Lord. Trust me. Uh, I like this now. I am that I am. I am that I am. I have all power. Speak to us, Lord. I will deliver. Message number one, trusting God in a dry place. <laughs> Things around you have dried up. <laughs> Things around you seem to have withered away. God says, I have another miracle with your name on it. In a place you would never suspect. <laughs> Who would have believed that God would send Elijah to Jezebel's hometown and bless him with a miracle while folk in Jezebel's palace starved to death? 
Only God. Close those eyes. Here's the challenge. Where is your relationship with God? Until you have that kind of relationship that Elijah had, you could never hear his instructions. Perhaps God has been telling you some things, but because you don't have that vertical relationship, you can't hear his voice. You've made a major step. You're in church every week. Those of you that are viewing by internet, you are worshiping every week. So now the question is, will you commit to something greater than just your presence? Will you commit to God to say, here I am, Lord. I need that walk with you. I need to be able to hear your instructions even when they are difficult and believe that you are speaking to me and you will make a way somehow. After we pray this prayer to those of you that are here, listen, you don't have to be perfect to have that relationship. In fact, not anyone in here, none of us are perfect. In fact, we are far from perfect. <laughs> but God says, I do want you to be obedient to my instructions. And I don't know who I am talking to, but I know perhaps there's somebody in here right now. And God is telling you, take that next step. It's time for you and your family to make that next step. Whew. If those are your instructions, after we pray, I'll meet you at this altar. Because sometimes God takes you from one dry place to another place. But God says, I have a miracle for you in a place that was worse than what you left. But God, but God, let us pray. Lord, we thank you. We bless you. We thank you for blessing us even in our dry places. I thank you for this iconic, wonderful text. It tells us so emphatically that the barrel of meal never ran out. The oil never ran dry. <laughs> Every time she reached, something was there. Every time she poured, something came out. <laughs> oh, thank you, Lord. That sounds like our testimony. Maybe our barrel never ran over, but it never ran out. You keep blessing us over and over and over again. And we say thank you. Thank you for those that have joined us virtually by way of internet, by way of radio. Thank you for those that are in this place. Someone who's making that decision right now. Have your way, Lord. Move in a mighty way. This is our prayer. In your name we pray and give thanks. And those who know it is so said amen. Amen. Put your arms around somebody and say trust him in a dry place. If you're here, you want to make that commitment, come on. I'll wait right here on you. God is calling you. Come on, take that step. Stand. Say here I am, Lord. I will, I will. Yeah. God is calling you this morning, this, this afternoon to come right now. If you only. That's right. Wherever you are. Come on, guys. Look at these young men that are coming. Come on, stand right here, brother. Trust. Come on, look at God. Trust me. Come on, that's right. Stand with me. I fight your battle. Others are somebody else is coming down the aisle. Young man, trust me. Trust me. 
God. It's all right, man. God's up to something. God said, I am. I am that I am. Anyone else, God? This sacred moment. Thank you, anyone else. Give God a hand of praise. Come on, by the way, let's bless God. Let's look at these as they walk. Thank you. God bless you.